I am here with Daniel Myers and Jessica Wolf of Unsupervised. Sorry, I don't know why I'm. I sound like I'm presenting like a public radio show right now. <laughs> Unsupervised. Um, Unsupervised is a very young organ. I'm not very young, but a young Chicago organization performing at venues including Fulton Street Collective. Do you know how to say this art center? Is it Joubi? Joubi? I can't remember. I thought it was Joubi. Joubi. That's how I've said it. I'm the worst. Now I'm... I've been there and I really like it. I have never known how to pronounce the name of it. Joubi? I think, I think so. I think you're right. It's Joubi Art Center. And local farmers markets, lots of different kinds of places. Um, so, you have a show coming up Thursday, February sixth, in the Fine Arts Building. Um, and I'd like to know kind of how Unsupervised got started, um, and for people who don't know what the organization is, can you just sort of give them the elevator pitch of kind of what what kind of a group it is? Yeah, so Unsupervised is a conductorless um, chamber orchestra, a con- collaborative conductorless chamber orchestra. So we um, have a very horizontal structure, um, kind of, though we do definitely have leaders yeah. um, to an extent um, <laughs> at every level, um, doing everything that we can to involve everyone in the ensemble um, and really have it be a collective um, that is collaborating regularly in all aspects from choosing repertoire um, to also in performance, um, um, sorry, in rehearsal and in performance, the way that we're putting pieces together, um, kind of what we're trying to bring out of them, etc., cetera. Um, and where we perform, the types of performances that we want to do, um, kind of all aspects of that. Um, so we started kind of talking about this a little over two years ago now, which feels kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but it was a project that uh, violinist Hannah Christensen and I first started talking about. You know Hannah. Um, Who is she? I don't oh. know her. <laughs> well, Hannah Christensen is a wonderful violinist who... <laughs> also runs the Zafa Collective, which I believe I guess I'm in that, that. you're Wait, a part I do of. Know her. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Hannah and I, um, we were in the Civic Orchestra Orchestra together on tour, little run out with Yo Yo Ma. Um, and we were performing this piece by Osvaldo Galiov with him. We had two rehearsals with Yo Yo. The second rehearsal was on site and after running through the piece instead of rehearsing it he just opened kind of the floor as an open forum for us Uh to talk about like how do we um get musicians more engaged in performance and really investing themselves um and kind of level the playing field of everyone who's involved in a performance um and that was something that 
Hannah and I had been thinking about kind of individually and started to talk about more throughout the rest of that trip and on the way back to Chicago. Um, and so we got back to Chicago. I was walking back to my apartment. Uh, it was just, we'd been talking about these ideas and I was thinking, you know, this doesn't exist in Chicago. Why don't we just do it ourselves? Like, can we just do it ourselves? And I think that's what I texted Hannah and said, can we do this ourselves? And Hannah said, sure. And so that was kind of the <laughs> beginning of it. Um, and so we started working on um, kind of what this would look like, what it would be, reached out to a number of our other colleagues, including Jess, just to see, is this something else that other people are interested in or is mm. this just us? Um, no, it's only you and you're both crazy. No, you I'm never kidding. know. <laughs> Hannah and I are a little bit, you know, crazy at times. That's what so. makes this work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then we kind of just had a gathering um, in Hannah's apartment um, with Jess and Kelly Casada, who's now one of our cellists, um, and Rebecca Bolzner, who's one of our violists, um, a few others. Um, and everyone was really excited about the idea, and so we started moving forward with the performance, and that's kind of when Jess got involved um, and has really been helping out on the production and logistical side of things because that is not my greatest <laughs> strength <laughs> yeah I remember when you reached out to me uh yeah I think it was like December 2017 so about two years ago um and you know you sent me you were telling me like what you were thinking and I remember being so excited about this and you were like oh if you want to get involved and I was like yes absolutely <laughs> um and then you know we had a meeting at Hannah's place and I remember that so fondly like everyone was really um just opening up and you know talking about ideas and like you know what we loved about music and like what ideas we had for the future That's so and, like, pure and wholesome <laughs> <laughs> it was a bunch of musicians were like I just like music because of this but also it's something that doesn't happen it doesn't happen a lot because like you get just you start getting like jaded and like you do enough of the things that you don't like doing or you you know get a perspective of like how other people think of music and and sometimes you can just end up being a little bit crusty about it so it's really nice that you guys got together and we're like this is why we love music and we just want to like put that out into the world well yeah that's <laughs> really that's really the hope too that like suffuses rehearsals too and performances and all of it so that it's not That's just delightful. oh we're playing music but oh like we love this we're really yeah I think you know you're at a certain professional point where like you are doing a lot of like gigs and some yeah, may, you doing may the jobbing not. thing is like a lot yeah and so you know we really wanted to create something that everyone and like our colleagues would really enjoy and you know, invite and find the people um, that would be really great collaborators and kind of build the group from there. Yeah. And beyond our colleagues, too, I mean, beyond the musicians in the ensemble, um, it's really important to me to have this uh, kind of way of making music because I think it's a lot more meaningful to audiences, too, mm -hmm. um, especially audiences that aren't super familiar with orchestral music or classical music mm -hmm. um, because I think if you go to a performance and everyone on stage is, you know, you know they sound really good mm -hmm. um, and you're impressed by kind of their technical ability, but they're just kind of 
robots yeah you don't see any expression on their faces you don't see them interacting it's really hard to engage with that then and to for you to enjoy it and almost feel like well if you're not getting something out of it you're missing something and you're failing um, at kind of consuming this high art that's so (laughs) great um but i think if you can actually see this interaction between people even if you're completely unfamiliar with the music, never been to an orchestra concert before mm-hmm. or a classical music performance of any kind, you can at least see kind of get cues from what you're seeing of like, oh, the violins just had this thing and I saw them pass it off to right, the violas yeah. or um, I can see like the joy on people's faces. Like this is a really cheerful melody. That's something that I think most people would recognize all the time, but maybe yeah. something that's a little bit heavier or more grave. Um kind of a, a bit of those cues either cue you in or at least make you say like oh it's okay for me to be like oh this is really cheerful or funny or whatever yeah. it's not just the super serious buttoned up thing so yeah um it's something that i feel is equally important for the audience as it is for us as as performers to try to have this sort of sure music making um so a little more specifically what are what are each of your roles within the organization Either of you can go first. (laughs) So, um, like I mentioned, kind of the idea behind Unsupervised is that it is a pretty horizontal structure Mm -hmm. of a a collective. Um, We have kind of started to define roles a little bit, Mm -hmm. mostly for kind of formal purposes outside of the organization. I mean, if... If you want to incorporate with the state and have a 501c3 right. kind of right, those yeah. sorts of things. Um, Some uh, Occasionally somebody has to like make the logistics happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, kind of as far as what we do, I guess, each. Um, You're both bass players for one we're thing. We're both bass players. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Important. pointing that out because I often kind of get stuck in my mind, get stuck on the like, oh, I'm an administrator um, in my mind and kind of forget that I'm also a bass player in right yeah, ensemble, yeah so. I feel thank like you for my, reminding me my identity has kind of like separated yeah too. Oh, no. yeah <laughs> um, not in bad ways just it's easy to like very much like an for me attitude of switching hats in a, in a mm-hmm. moment you versus wear many like wearing hats. both at the same time um yeah roles um so i guess kind of for me it's more of a kind of big picture thinking like what mm-hmm. is the goal of the ensemble and then what gotcha. are the steps that we need to do mm-hmm. um, and kind of identifying, okay, like we want to do another performance, what needs to go into making that happen um, and then working with Jess and a few other members of the ensemble, um, we've kind of tried to break up into kind of, I guess, committees or subject areas a little bit of people who are more interested in or feel more skilled in kind of marketing and promotion or fundraising or Mm -hmm. operations and stuff. Um, So then kind of dividing things up that way. Um, And yeah, just, I rely on her a lot as far as operations Mm -hmm. things um, because it's definitely more her skill set than mine, certainly. (laughs) Yeah, it's been really awesome working with Daniel. Um, I would say I, I don't think I have like we don't really have like official titles um 
Daniel can be considered the executive director. Yeah, when someone's asking <laughs> or when I need someone to take us seriously, that's when I <laughs> that's when I throw like, it. Here's in. my nameplate. I don't like. <laughs> yeah. But um, a lot of my background experience um, is working with like nonprofit arts organizations mm-hmm. as well. So I um, was happy to volunteer and help um, on the production and operations side of things and figuring out like you know, when and where we can have our next performance and help in, like, musician recruitment, things awesome. like that. Cute. Cute. Um, so uh, can you tell me what uh, what some of the challenges have been as either ones that you anticipated or, or that came as a surprise to you um, as kind of a young ensemble in the last couple of years? I think some of the challenges, you know, just kind of like some logistical challenges, like, you know, anytime we want to have a performance, we have to be able to find a rehearsal space for uh, that's large enough for a group of like 20 to 25 Mm -hmm. musicians. Um, And then just figuring out um, repertoire, too, is like a very kind of democratic process um Mm -hmm. here we have an artistic committee that kind of takes the lead on coming up with some options and then everyone has a voice and um you know that's how our repertoire is usually decided uh for upcoming concerts and i would say probably one of the biggest challenges with all like nonprofit arts is you know um fundraising and getting to know that um that uh area of things too and just being able to like dig into grants and just finding out like best practices to fundraise and then making sure that everyone is involved in that too and daniel's been doing an awesome job spearheading that because it's (laughs) that's probably like the hardest thing to do yeah i would imagine it certainly would be for me. I don't know. I, I personally, I tend to think that fundraising is like the least fun thing in the world. It's hard to ask people for money. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not fun. I've started looking at it more as like just building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. How and do we put the fun in fundraising, oh Daniel? <laughs> I realize that that is basically what I was just saying, but you putting words to it was... Uh, I need to rethink my choices. No. Um, but yeah, I think as far as challenges, um, you know, personally, I think that we face a lot of challenges that pretty much any young music organization faces, um, like fundraising and, you know, having just time for rehearsals and performances on top of your regular jobs and then all the planning of things mm-hmm. um but i think in a lot of ways too the those challenges are magnified a lot by the fact that we're a chamber orchestra um mm-hmm. just by the sheer scope of what we're trying to do um with the number of people involved um and then also by really trying to work in a really collaborative way um i think I mean, I think in certain ways, just having one single decision maker mm-hmm. that's saying, this is what we want to do next. This is yeah. what music we're going to play. Um, it could simplify a lot of things. Um, but it ever, certainly you, wouldn't be the kind of ensemble right. that we want to be a part of. Do you ever feel in rehearsals 
at all like occasionally you'll reach sort of a, a not an impasse because I feel like that almost implies a sort of um conflict but are you ever just like I, does it ever happen in rehearsal where you're trying to make a decision and it's just nobody can really quite settle on something and there has to be one person who's like let's just do this or does that not really happen I think um in our experience so far nothing I don't really have a memory that's jumping to mind of um, mm-hmm. really that happening I think it's certainly you know probably likely for an ensemble like this if it works in this manner for a long time it's likely that that would happen at some point point. (laughs) um but i think kind of in our past rehearsals really how it ends up working out first of all i think i see the collaboration show the most in rehearsal Mm -hmm. um i mean that's really the main thing that we all are first we're musicians and players and bringing artistic ideas to the table i feel like everybody in the in the group also is a pretty like experienced and um thoughtful like chamber musician yeah as well so people are very used to like speaking up and and contributing to a rehearsal situation yeah so i think there's a lot of ideas that really come out um and everyone really is just the there's usually a bit of consensus between ideas too it's not like there are 25 ideas that are all <laughs> vying for attention at one point that would honestly be impressive it would be really you know <laughs> like, wow, just you're the all, fact that we could all come all up with that many unique ideas yeah. um, <laughs> let's try all of them <laughs> yeah but i think that's kind of how what it usually ends up being is we're like oh let's try, let's try this one first right, which is and like then try this and see chamber rehearsal. yeah but so. very different than most orchestras right, where absolutely one you're not invited to provide an idea <laughs> right. you're um, not the big cheese do it and this a way. <laughs> conductor certainly most of the time isn't trying different ideas or right. anything um you bassoon one what what do you think yeah i think it's really fun because i think we explore the music more because of that oh yeah and get to know it um get to know other people's parts way. too and, yeah i feel like Ooh. more so and their personalities and mm-hmm. their weaknesses where to strike first no i'm kidding <laughs> it's not the vibe of your i was gonna say all. is that is that the is that the impression that i give not off that all. i'm just looking for like <laughs> i've got my weakness? my focus on searching for where to strike i'm totally kidding <laughs> i'm sorry that got dark um, no that's okay i just got concerned that that was actually no, the vibe that i gave off when no, i thought it wasn't i was not, like i need to modulate my behavior all. very far from it <laughs> Back to um, the NPR personality voice. <laughs> um, so what are you, you mentioned goals earlier and like more big picture things. Um, I was wondering, do you, are there some goals of the group, like specific goals in the, like in the next couple of years? Um, I think. It can be small, a small or, or large, you know. I do have plenty of small goals. I'm more afraid to share the small goals because well okay here's my thing if you're sharing a big goal right. and then like and then it does the timeline happen. gets changed or it right. doesn't happen it's like oh it's a big goal but if you share like i might have a goal to send this email tomorrow mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen it's like it's a stinking email and you couldn't do that okay well what are some of your big goals daniel <laughs> i don't know why i went down that rabbit hole you can you can cut that part out because that was just weird and confusing I'm never cutting and... it it was <laughs> oh no i feel like i'm like I'm on this comfy couch and I'm starting to and share all really of my anxieties. Sharing. Yeah. 
Um, they're all starting to okay, come out. Okay, come by any time. <laughs> Are you offering to be my therapist? <laughs> no, I'm still finding my therapist. <laughs> uh, I was about to like go into that because it's so hard, but that's another conversation that we're not having. Um, we can have a whole conversation about that at some point. <laughs> seriously. Um, goals. Um, I think for myself, um, kind of the main thing is just to really see unsupervised become a regular um and by regular i mean like performing with some regularity Mm -hmm. ensemble um both doing orchestra performances but then also doing chamber music performances so having it be sort of somewhat modular where like little like subsets of the orchestra are going out and performing regularly yeah um and really taking kind of um, impetus from musicians if there's a piece a chamber piece that they want to play or they have a group that they want to do a performance with um, of other members from the ensemble to basically be behind that as the whole organization supporting it and saying you know these are our musicians this is still a model of how we want to work um, so that's kind of my big goal but not giant I think that's a very reasonable goal yeah that's that's it's it's hard we'll see i mean it takes a lot to just even you know put the parts into place for a larger chamber orchestra performance because we had like several over the summer smaller groups at Mm -hmm. farmers markets and things um but these large concerts are really hard to put together Mm -hmm. um i would love to see us be able to have kind of a, a season in the future with at least like three larger concerts mm-hmm. and then you know be able to to find the support for those yeah too yeah sure. and we really hope to as well like with doing more performances and for me at least part of why i'd like to do more performances um is to be performing in different places around the city as well mm-hmm. um i mean so far you mentioned a bunch of the places we've performed and we haven't performed in the same place twice with the exception of the Andersonville Farmer's Market. <laughs> you guys um, have really worn out your welcome there. I know. Um, <laughs> it's really unpleasant having a string quartet playing outside with, right? you know, vegetables and dogs and, a, 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 like, warm sunshine. It was so wonderful to see it people w- just like, what did I stumble across? There's a there was, string quartet wh- playing what? here? It Seriously. Was yeah, it was, it was really great. And there were so many good dogs. Dogs. So many good dogs. I mean, Andersonville Just, Farmer's Market. Right, yeah. Like, Clearly the destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Farmer's Market is an example. Um, we want to be performing in different parts of the city because, I mean, Unsupervised is about community amongst the musicians, but also about like having a community of music, having music be integral to creating a community. Yeah. Um, so, so that's definitely part of what I'd like to see with that too. And um I mean, I'd like to be have regular open rehearsals when we're preparing for performances to bring in the community to really see how we're putting things together. Um, kind of a really long-term dream is I would love to be like coaching young ensembles or college-aged ensembles in like how do you yeah how do you do this with the scale of an orchestra? I think most music schools teach you how to play chamber music with like a quartet or quintet but not yeah they don't bring that or force you to bring that into your orchestral playing um yeah 
And it's I just think much, it's so important. It yeah. should be a part of all orchestral playing. I feel like it's a lot of just like either like play with your quartet or like if you're a string player in particular, if, like play with your quartet or like audition to be in this like sort of pre-existing, very large scale kind of institution. Um, and, and there's kind of not a lot of like bridging those gaps. Yeah. And I feel like, sorry for interrupting you. No, I was just agreeing. Oh. <laughs> that was like the most mild mannered, like what was perceived as an interruption. And then like, oh no, I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. NPR, man, NPR. This can be my audition tape for oh the show. Oh my God. <laughs> there we go. And they'd be like, who's the host who laughs really loud? <laughs> Oh uh, man. Um, what, were we, what were we talking about? I don't about? know. Oh, how Which kids don't. Schools. Kid, yeah. What are they even learning these days? Well, and I feel. <laughs> no, I think you're. I'm kidding. No, I, I, get what, I get what you're saying. I knew that that was a joke as well. But um, <laughs> your point about you're either auditioning for a, a small group mm-hmm. or for this institution. And I also think with that, there's kind of an acceptance or an understanding that if you're joining the quote unquote institution of mm-hmm. the orchestra or other large ensemble, you're basically supplanting your own identity as a part of that ensemble. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's awful. They're like, please sit down and shut up and play I your can't part. put it any more mildly than that. I mean, I feel like that's what is expected. Mm-hmm. And I get, I mean, so we're an orchestra of 20 to 25. Yeah. It's totally different when you have an orchestra of 80 to 100 people. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. um but i think there's definitely a middle ground if not more on the side of you know collaboration and really engaging with each other Mm -hmm. um that would just make performing these really monumental pieces with a hundred other people and then the hundreds or maybe even thousands depending on where you are of people in the audience Mm -hmm. um it could be so much more special if it's not just a top-down we are playing the music of beethoven and this is how beethoven is played and if you don't enjoy it you don't understand it i don't know why i <laughs> slipped into a british accent and i feel very self-conscious what? that someone's gonna listen to that and be like what are you trying to do with your voice no i think i under i think i like under i understand what you're going for and i think other people will too so well, it's and it okay. just feels like such a waste because you have yeah. this great music, yeah. And if you're not, to if have, you're not like, making something that's meaningful out of it, why yeah. the hell are you doing it? Yeah. Okay. So uh, February sixth, this program that's coming up at Curtis Hall, which is a, a venue within the Fine Arts Building. Um, can you tell me a little bit about this program? How you arrived at the repertoire for it, um, and kind of what you hope. Uh, people might take away from the performances on this program? That's a you question for yeah. sure, because you were much more involved in the yeah, artistic just, committee this time around. I'm talking so much, and I've become very <laughs> aware of how, how much, much I'm talking. talking. By the way, Daniel yep. is one of the founders. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. All right. We'll just jump in whenever you feel the need. Yeah. Sure. Um, so our program for this concert is uh, a symphony by Haydn, um, Symphony Number no. Forty Three, the Mercury Symphony. 
um, which Haydn is just really great to do with a chamber orchestra. Yeah. It's the right size. I mean, it was written it's for like orchestras it, that size. Really. Um, but I also, I mean, I personally really enjoy playing Haydn. We did a Haydn symphony um, last year that um, Jess actually played bass on. I did not. So Haydn is all you. Um, <laughs> and it's just, so I was listening to it. I wasn't playing it, but um, it's just so much fun. It's so joyful. And the themes and counter themes are just bouncing across different sections. Um, and I mean, that's true of a lot of classical and even quite a bit of romantic symphonies, but I think it's just so joyful and evident in Haydn um, and just provides a lot of opportunity for that sort of engagement across the ensemble of really one in rehearsal, just discussing with the other sections of, okay, so we both have this, mm-hmm. what are we going to make of it? Or how are we going to do it the same? Or how are we going to do it differently? Um, what do you enjoy about it? And maybe that brings it into me too. And what can we do for the audience to do that? Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to be mined there. Yeah. And then also just opportunities for engagement in performance of, mm-hmm. again, kind of the physical sort of action of passing it off, um, mm-hmm. which I feel is really important. Um, Side note, our recording of the 80th symphony, 88th symphony from last year that Jess is playing on um, is going to be on, aired on WFMT on February 3rd at noon. So really, if people want to hear us in action, you can hear it there. You can also go to our website anytime you want and it's up there, but oh, um, awesome. you can hear it on WFMT too <laughs> and listen closely oh, for excellent. Jess's wonderful bass playing. Mm. <laughs> I hope that's the sound that everyone makes when they're listening. I mean, it should be. Like, if they're not, if they don't make that sound, they don't understand it. If you just don't feel the satisfaction in your gut. You can mm. go fly a kite, as my mother would say. Wow. Okay. Uh- um, so the second piece of our, on our program um, I had to like, I was about to ask you more about flying a kite, but I was like, that's no, not we what we're talking to, about. We don't need to do that. So I had to jump right back in. <laughs> um, second piece, um, we're doing Alberto Hinocera's um, Variaciones Concertantes. Um, and so he's a South American composer from um, the first half of the 20th century. Um, and I mean, it's not a super canonical orchestral work, right. but it's pretty well known and performed pretty frequently. Um, so it does get a little bit towards when we're programming, we want to not just be doing Haydn and Mozart and right. Beethoven and most of the later European composers, they write too big a stuff for us. Um, and it's a really neat piece as a piece that I've wanted to play for a long time. Um, just so there's a pretty popular bass excerpt in it so that's how i first became familiar with it and listening to it um and that's how you decided you liked it was from an excerpt <laughs> not just from the excerpt <laughs> I'm just i kidding. listened I'm just to the whole piece time. too um <laughs> so it's a theme in variations and it's just a beautiful and different kind of quirky piece mm-hmm. um I don't really, I'm notoriously bad at describing music. Well, and then I, I... I feel like a lot of people, I feel like there's a lot to be enjoyed in, in Hinastera, honestly. Yeah. So I've, I've 
I'm not really in a position to describe it either, honestly. But um, yeah, I would. I'm sure that it's a. I don't. I'm not familiar with the piece, but I think most Hinesera I've heard has been like very engaging to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm close enough to normal. I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny when it was suggested. I was like, "Oh, that Hinesera with the uh, <laughs> the bass with the bass <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Daniel, you should play that." So one. yeah, Jess and I had opposite reactions to it. Um, <laughs> But I think also, I mean, being theme and variations kind of provides similar things to the hide-in where you can just a lot of opportunities to really dig into it as a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last piece on the program, we're doing a piece by Missy Mazzoli, um, who, listeners, if you're not familiar with Missy Mazzoli, that was me trying to do an NPR voice. Um, (laughs) You don't have to try, Daniel. (laughs) Okay. Um, she's a contemporary composer, um, based in New York, but is currently the Mead composer in residence, um, at the Chicago symphony. Um, and I'm actually not that familiar with her music. Um, but one of our other musicians, um, suggested the piece. Um, and that's kind of how I think Jess mentioned earlier, how we try to put our programs together. Um, We start out by just gathering kind of nominations for pieces from Mm -hmm. everyone who's involved in the ensemble and then start thinking, okay, what might work well together? How can we start to put a program together? Um, And then um, sometimes I think our ideal is like, well, we could have a few different programs and then put it to a vote. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's too ambitious of (laughs) trying to be too egalitarian. large and lengthy ballot process you know what? <laughs> democracy is messy um uses a lot of paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the reason why our climate's dying damn it if we weren't if we didn't have democracies podcast. <laughs> i have been trying to cut down on my plastic consumption anyway that's a, that's another conversation <laughs> another time it well, weighs on my mind <laughs> that is a nice tangent to the title of the piece because it's violent violent sea um oh. to my knowledge it's not connected to um pollution of the oceans oh. but you know a good enough reason to bring it up and bring attention to it there you go um yeah so i'm not like i said i'm not super familiar with um missy mazzoli's music but um it's a beautiful piece and she originally wrote it for chamber orchestra mm-hmm. um but then in her program note she says um something along the lines of she just felt that it was like bursting forth trying to be more than oh, okay. the sum of its parts so mm-hmm. she reorchestrated it for a full orchestra or a larger orchestra um but I also saw that kind of as, you know, a great reason for us to be doing it because I think the whole idea of having all of the musicians like really deeply engaged, not just executing their parts well, is to make the performance more than just the sum of the notes on the page and the yeah. the individual instruments that are involved. Um, so poetic connection, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. Um, Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> By the way, I love Beethoven. But Same. <laughs> Just for the record. Yeah, I feel like Beethoven has become sort of this like icon of like God, just another another old white dude from Western Europe being glorified. And I'm like, yes, like I think we should glorify him, but like I also, you know, all right. 
I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I get that totally. Yeah. And from, I understand why people are frustrated. I am also frustrated. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Maybe let's not shit on Beethoven. <laughs> I think it can be both. I mean, it is both. It is both things. Um, Two truths can coexist. Now we're getting into philosophy. <laughs> it's two sides of one coin. <laughs> so, um, where can people find you guys on the internet? And like, how can people get updates on things that you're doing? Um, our, there are our two best places for updates um, are our website, which is unsupervisedchai, unsupervisedchai.org. Um, and then also on Facebook, um, which I believe our handle is also unsupervised chai or unsupervised Chicago. Mm-hmm. I should have checked this before I It's okay. People are just you. gonna go on Facebook and, and search, search for unsupervised. unsupervised. Anyway, is that so how the Facebooks we're on, work? We're on Instagram now yes. too. Mm-hmm. That's I think new. I'm following you guys. I'll make sure I am. You can sign up for our mailing list. Yeah. You can see photos of us in rehearsal and or short little videos and um we have a couple short little testimonial videos from um myself and hannah christensen and then also from one of our amazing violinists slash violists Mm -hmm. rachel zhao do you guys have tiktok yet have you made uh have you really made it big among the the gen zers (laughs) for those of you listening who can't see me i have a full head of gray hair (laughs) So I am not on TikTok. Also, I am... But you're a youthful gray hair. I mean, uh, I am nearing my 28th birthday, so I'm you're not old. You're nearing your 28th but, birthday, uh, the tiny baby. I did have a gentleman. I did have a gentleman a few months ago think I was m- twice the age that I am. What? So It's your NPR you know, voice. That's it's it my is. NPR voice. I just need to stop talking. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, I think you should get TikTok, but, you know, um, that's just one person's opinion. Um, Are you on TikTok? I, <laughs> now you just turned the spotlight on to you, so. I have one I have one video on TikTok, and it's really, really dumb. What? It's it, li- what is TikTok? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at your face, and I heard, is? what like <laughs> like i feel like i see it, it referenced everywhere but like i don't so quite understand it's exactly what sort of it's. like vine 2.0 so just like of. short videos. yeah it's very similar usually with music or yeah you can add music to it um for some reason i think a lot of the youngins just post videos of themselves like lip syncing to songs okay and for some reason people like that i don't cool. know um i'm confused about it should but. we post tiktoks of us play singing to songs would that get the youths yeah definitely (laughs) trying to understand how it works (laughs) i have seen tiktok i've seen tiktok on instagram it might not honestly be the best platform for new for well not for new music but for art music um for lack of a better term if we're gonna I hate calling it classical music i agree but also art music also sounds a little bit high and mighty i agree I want to propose yes. commercial music and non-commercial, non-commercial music. music. Ooh, I like that because I, I like that better. Before, I always like lumped it into popular music and art music. And I think I like, 
I think I like yours better. Because I think, too, that leaves the door open for music on, like, top 40 stations that yeah. wasn't written or created for the sole purpose of ah. making millions of dollars. Like, for those, I think unfortunately few like bands that really are just doing really creative things because they want to do really creative things or have something unique to say and it's also very yeah commercially successful this is also my way of saying that capitalism is the devil (laughs) also a whole nother and now this is a socialism podcast You know, Odd Pod wears many hats. Don't worry about it. It's a totally independent podcast, so we can say what we want. (laughs) It's not like I have sponsors at stake. This podcast is brought to you by Georgie. (laughs) (laughs) It is brought to you by Georgie because you know what? She gets me out of bed in the morning so that I can keep making this podcast. Get yourself a Georgie and wake up bright and early. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't be writing taglines. It's more like I'll be... Georgie's a rabbit for the record. (laughs) I think, you know, anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows that, but it's possible that I guess, I guess people could tune in at any time and just be like, who the fuck is Georgie? Georgie is my pet rabbit and she's perfect in every way. I haven't seen her yet and I'm starting to wonder if she's your imaginary pet rabbit. I'll get her out. It's fine. She's very cute. She is really cute. She came out and said hello to She's just hiding from the scary old guy with gray hair. No, it's... She's intimidated by your your male energy. There's not a lot of guys coming in here. That's what it is. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Like, I don't know. Um, All right. So... February 6th is your upcoming show. Uh, it's $15 and tickets are available through your website on supervisedshy.org. Um, and it's happening. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say the date again. It's 7.30 p.m. Thursday, February 6th, I should have said, um, in Curtis Hall, which is at the Fine Arts Building. The ninth floor. The ninth floor. You can take the wonderful historical elevators that still have an elevator operator. It's an experience. At all times. Inside. Great view. Great view. Great view. The lake. Um, It's going to be a beautiful time. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this show? What's happening? I don't know. I've rambled so much and you know, we've fine. taken this in so many different directions. I'm like, what possibly could have been That's left unsaid? That's pretty much the nature of this podcast, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> no, I guess we just really hope to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. Come Say meet, hello. Come meet Jess and, and Daniel and the rest of the gang. And actually, come meet us and hang out after <gasps> we're done playing because that's, that's you know part of what it's yes. about. Absolutely. Uh, I will definitely be making there for friends. That. This is really all just a ploy for me to make friends and like <laughs> have someone to hang out with. Be my friend. <laughs> Daniel Myers needs a friend. <laughs> oh, that's your new podcast. Daniel Myers needs a friend. <laughs> I don't like that as you know, I could just find strangers oh to interview and That'd it could be, be my like first friend date with them. <gasps> That sounds really I'm also actually. such an introvert and like the idea of friend <laughs> dates is terrifying. How do, you, how do you approach someone? That's like going on a solo vacation and realizing that you're really bad at just striking up conversations with people. Oh my gosh. So I was just in New York this weekend for mm-hmm. a conference and I was like, oh, I'm just going to like 
go find a nice restaurant, go sit down and sit at the bar, have dinner, and then go to a jazz club. And... It sounds so great when you yeah. plan it. And then... Every restaurant I walked past was completely packed. And I was like, I'm not going to go into a packed restaurant where everyone except for me <laughs> is talking to someone already. <laughs> and be like, mm, excuse me, can I just sit at the bar and eat my dinner on my own and not talk to and anyone? And not make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> yeah. Literally, everything was packed. Oh, my God. It's harder than I thought. That's horrible. Yeah. Great note to end this on, right? <laughs> Daniel Myers needs a friend. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for talking to me about Unsupervised. I'm very excited to hear all of this music on the 6th. Um, Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so awesome to know that people are interested and excited in what we're doing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'll make sure everybody else is just as excited as I am. I'll I'll make them. (laughs) I will strap them down. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Audrey. (laughs) 